Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Hey, Aurora Cornerstone, good morning. I hope you all had a great Christmas and uh, had some time to relax and eat a lot of food. Hopefully not too much food. Maybe you had that post-Christmas dinner nap. Uh, some like could call it a turkey coma. But uh, we're glad you're with us this morning, and uh, I'm excited today to be able to share out of the word uh, with you and uh, be able to partake in community together. So I don't know how many of you in the church are basketball fans. I know there's a few, but when it comes to the game of basketball and it comes to the NBA and it comes to basketball players, there's this debate. Who is the greatest of all time? Who is the goat? And when I say who is the goat, I don't mean a literal goat, but I mean, who is the greatest of all time? And so some of you might know the name Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan, probably to the older generations, is known as the greatest player of all time. But maybe to the younger generations, the greatest player of all time is LeBron James. And so we have this conflicting interest of who is the greatest. For me personally, I think Michael Jordan is the best of all time. Not because of the stats or anything, but because he changed the game of basketball. He changed the way basketball was seen. He changed the culture of basketball. And he brought basketball to a new level. But at the same time, he left what some may call a cliffhanger. In the midst of one of maybe the most dominant runs in basketball history, probably the most dominant run, after winning three championships in a row with the Chicago Bulls, he retired. He decided to go play baseball for two and a half years, leaving everyone to think the best player in the world just left the game he loves to go play baseball with such dominance and everything looking forward and looking up in the prime of his career, he steps away and goes and plays baseball. And with that, we're left wondering what could have been if Jordan had it never taken those two and a half years off. Because when he returned to basketball after those two and a half years, the Chicago Bulls won another three in a row. So what could, have, what could have happened if he didn't retire and step away? Could they have won seven? Could they have won eight? Maybe they, won, they could have won nine. We'll never know. There is that cliffhanger right in the middle of his career. Maybe for some of you who aren't sports fans, have you ever watched a movie that left you wondering what happens next? That left you at the ultimate cliffhanger where the movie finishes on a scene that leaves you hoping that there is a sequel. But at the same time, mad that the film industry had the audacity to do that to you. That someone would do that to you and leave you guessing and wondering and hoping 
that there's something else coming. There's a lot of films that have done this. The same goes with Jordan. He left a historic legacy, but if you think of it, there's some unknown to it. Oftentimes in our lives, we like to leave cliffhangers intentionally. We will go through seasons of where we're so quick to wanting to depart from that season, so quickly wanting to move on and to get out from it and bring closure to it. We don't care to make it part of our story, but rather just drop it completely from our memory or at least try to. This past year has just has been just that. A year where everyone is itching for it to end. Well, guess what people? It ends in three days. In three days, 2020 is done. It'll never come back. We'll never have it again. And with that, we'll be coming into a new year. For many, this might have been the toughest year of your lives. From a state of mental health, finances, relationships, it has been challenging. And we are, we've been challenged in how we live life and how we do life. We've been challenged to do life different. And so with that, my message today comes from Joshua 4, 1 to 7. And the title of my sermon is The Jordan Year. Starting at verse 1, it says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people and one from each tribe, and tell them to take up the twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you may you stay today, tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial of, to the people of Israel forever. Think, take that in for a second. In the very first verse, it says the whole nation. Not just part of the nation, not a select few, but the whole nation. The whole nation had to cross before the Lord spoke to Joshua again. He spoke to him before they crossed the Jordan, and he wouldn't speak to them again until after they crossed the Jordan. Back in chapter 3, we see that when they're halfway across the river, the priests carrying the ark stop as to let everyone pass through and get through the Jordan. And they are to stay there and stand there with the ark of the covenant. As so the waters will stay parted because once the ark of the covenant came out, the waters were going to come crashing back in. The whole nation crosses and this is key because it teaches us that no matter our circumstance of past, present, or future, God is still for us. He sees us, he knows us, and he's there for us. 
The nation of Israel had been out in the wilderness for way too long. Not because of God's doing, but because of their own. Because they constantly got distracted by the season they were in and the circumstances of that season. They constantly got held up in their own doing instead of God's doing. They constantly lost sight of God and created their own idols. It's like us saying, it's like they're saying, hold up, God, you're not priority right now. We'll call you back. We got other, we got better things that will be more satisfying to us. So we always know you're going to be there, but we're, our focus isn't on you right now. Our focus is on ourselves. It's like God was supposed to wait on them. We're supposed to wait on them and to operate on their timing. Have you ever had someone text you or phone you, maybe message you, and they say, we need to talk later? Like, if you really want to contribute to someone's social anxiety, that's how you do it. No one likes hearing that. No one likes thinking about that. We need to talk later. Because when you think about it, how many times is that end up being a good thing? We need to talk later. It's rarely a good thing. Because if it was a good thing, they'd probably tell you right then. There's no substance to it. Or I or any idea of what they want to talk about. They just leave you in that state of guessing and waiting. And with that comes fear, comes anxiety, comes worry. And when we look at the nation of Israel, they're in the same state. There's a constant theme of fallback and putting God on hold and then stepping back to him in an act of repentance. You see, God wasn't selective in who crossed over. Despite their shortcomings, despite everything that happened, he still saw them as his chosen people. He still saw and knew that they had purpose for how that season would mold them. That even though they put on him on hold, that that season would mold them for the greater good. So the Lord instructs Joshua to select one man from each tribe. In all this, these were, there's 12 tribes, so to select 12 men. And to go back to the river as the priests were holding the Ark of the Covenant. And they were to pick up 12 stones, and they would be brought out representing the 12 tribes of Israel. It was evidence that what, of what God had done for them by, again, parting another body of water. You see, these were not just stones. They were stones of remembrance. The stones that were, these stones were not a burden to carry, but rather a story to give. That as generations came and went, that these stones would last from beginning to the end, not as a weight to carry, but a stone to build upon. Psalm 114, verse 1 to 4 says, When Israel came out of Egypt, Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, 
Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion, the sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back. A community that walked together would remember together for generations to come. This was a refocusing and a realigning of them doing life together. No one could go another way. There was simply one way. The path was narrow, but the, chief, the people were chosen and were obedient to the call. When we think about this from an eternal perspective, there is only one way to the kingdom. The word says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These very words are spoken by Jesus himself. Think of that. Those very words came from the mouth of Jesus. Sometimes I think we can get caught up, so caught up in just reading the Bible for the text that we forget who's, who it's being written and who it's being said by. The author and perfecter of our faith gives this very promise. A promise that you can't find anywhere else. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is the path. He is the, he is the map. And he is the one that will breathe life into you so that you may carry on. That he will provide and show you the way. Not a natural way. There was no natural way to the other side of the Jordan. There was only one way. And that was through the supernatural power of God. So as they crossed, the stones were critical for the future generations that were to come. As they would serve as a reminder for who their God was, what he had brought them through, and where he was leading them. His presence was over them. It did not weary, it did not grow weary, it did not lose focus, but it was constant. It was consistently consistent. There was no cliffhanger in the journey. There's no questions left of what would or could have happened. And you know, maybe they didn't arrive at the destination as soon as they would have wanted, but they still chose to keep navigating through the journey in hope that they would reach the destination. If we look at the New Testament, the disciples are left on a cliffhanger as well for three days. Jesus is crucified, and now that the Messiah is dead, they're left wondering what is going to happen. All these teachings he gave, all this life he spoke, all this guidance he gave, what do we do with that? Because he's gone. He's died. There's no more. What is next? And they're left in this state of waiting and thinking. They're wondering, what do I do? In a sense, that we need to talk later for us today was for them, where do we go now? What happens now? They, they didn't go back 
and realize the prophetic text that he would rise again three days later, fulfilling the prophetic words that were to come. That the, the prophetic words that the people of Israel and Joshua had hoped for. The way in which they would reach the promised land. The way is established in truth and hope. That in every story there is a purposeful ending. That every season we go through in our lives, personally or globally, is shaping us for a better kingdom. For a kingdom that goes beyond our own recognition. We were talking about it in kids in our midweek kids a couple weeks ago. That God created the world in six days. And to us, that is amazing. All the details and everything that he created the world in six days. And just think, when he left, he said, I am going to go prepare a place for you. He's still preparing that place 2,000 years later. That as we navigate through our lives and as we're being molded, we're being molded for a kingdom that we cannot even perceive or comprehend. But we know it is worth it because it will have a purposeful ending that we will come into community with God. So with 2020 closing, in some instances, we may say that we are at our Jordan. Maybe for some of you, the Jordan hasn't parted yet. And you're left wondering, how am I going to cross over? You're wondering, God, you've led me here, but how are you going to lead me through? You're looking for every possible way to navigate it on your own. Can I get around it? Can I go through it? Can I get a boat and cross over? Can I rely on myself or can I just rely on others' expectations and influences to get me across? But really, God is asking you in these moments to focus on him. There is one way. There is one way. And that you may look back and you may see your stones of remembrance that testifies to the goodness of God. You see, stones of remembrance aren't meant to hold you back. They're meant to push you forward to the next stone. If you, if you hold on and cling to one stone, then you're held back from the eternal purpose of God. You're left clinging to an idol that will not fulfill you. You will just stay and you won't be molded for who God wants you to be. You will not walk into the full purpose. But once that seed parts and you're walking through it, there's no promise that you'll reach the promised land directly on the other side. 
but you have the promise that you're walking in the way, the truth, and the life. That you're picking up your stones of remembrance as you go. And that you're being fulfilled as you do it. To testify to yourself and to others God's goodness in your life. Stones are empowering. They are meant to encourage. They are meant to prophesy to the goodness of God, to God's character and who he is. And you know, as we go from 2020 to 2021, we're crossing over into a new year. And with COVID and everything going on in the world, the circumstances might not change right away. They might not, they might not even get better. They might get worse, but this is where we are encouraged that God has prepared the way he sees us and he knows us and he walks with us that he is molding us for a righteousness that we cannot comprehend and for a kingdom that we cannot perceive. But we need to remember to hold on to our stones of remembrance, to our testimonies of how God has showed up time and time again. So, so far in my life, I have three stones of remembrance. I got a football. This football represents to me what I used to believe I was. At one point in my life, this is my everything. I loved this game. I watched it constantly, talked about it probably annoyingly, and dreamed about it excessively. But what I soon came to realize is that God was using this game to mold me in the leader I am today and that I need to be going forward. That even though I wasn't leading a group of people to score a touchdown, he was teaching me how to gather a group of people together for the same common goal, to reach a kingdom. That no matter the strengths or the weaknesses, to be able to gather people together and direct them for the same common goal. That is the greatest win I could ever achieve in life. To bring people to Jesus, to bring people into his community, into his love, that they would experience something that they have never experienced before and that they'd be able to navigate each day in the trust and hope found in him. My second stone of remembrance, I have this towel. So this towel was given to me by my mentor while at Bible college. And oftentimes when we go through hard times, I like to think of it as when you're working out. And for some people, when they work out, they have a towel to wipe away the sweat and to refresh themselves. And for me, this towel is a reminder that when spiritual leadership hits heavy, when there's a weight on me, maybe I feel inadequate for what God has purposed, I can endure. 
Then I pick up the towel, I wipe away the sweat, and I press on, knowing there is purpose in the season and that I am being strengthened through it. And last but not least, the Sanukshuk. This was given to me at the end of my time in Labrador on my internship. It is a reminder to me of where I have come from and that more lies ahead. You see, the First Nation, the First Nation people use these, that when they move on, when they moved on to a different land or to a different area, they left one of these symbolizing that they had been there. But they had moved on because there was more ahead. This reminds me of all the places I've been and all the places I will go. And that in each season, there is blessing and new perspective. That as I go, I will be blessed because I chose to be present in God's leading and to respond to his call. That is the greatest gift that no matter what holds us up, no matter the circumstances we go through, that God is waiting and he's leading and he will, he will allow us to respond to him at any point in any time. So with all that being said, remember, as you walk into a new year, that God has prepared the way. Maybe not naturally, but he has prepared one way that he will, that he will reveal. Just don't forget to pick up your stones along the way that will testify to God's goodness in your life, even in the midst of the desert. That as you walk with one another, as you walk with people in the Aurora Cornerstone community, as you walk with people in the community of Aurora, as you walk with people within your extended family, that you will have stones to testify to the goodness of God, the God of all the ages, that asks you to join in community with him. I, was one, I once heard one of my profs say, the greatest gift of the church is a testimony. Because that is what the church is built upon. The greatest testimony. A testimony that is everlasting and enduring. For his kingdom will come. His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as I pass it over to Pastor Tricia, I just encourage you today, recognize your stones and don't let them hold you back, but let them push you forward in the way that God is leading you. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.